0: Welcome to this month's CSF podcast, as ever, aiming to keep you up to date with the latest information and data in the world of rheumatology. We're going to continue with the theme of jak safety in the first of this month's podcast papers. Um, following the, the fallout from oral surveillance study published at the start of the year, Hoisnard and colleagues highlight the fact that observational studies of unselected populations outside of North America are, are still needed to fully assess jak agents. Um, and with that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they found using data from over 15,000 patients with RA in the French National Health Data System. Second paper in today's podcast focuses on the JAK inhibitor Filgotinib. Remember that one? In 2019, the ULR management recommendations for RA determined that early treatment escalation for patients with predefined poor prognostic factors should be a, a priority. And following last year's postdoc analysis of the Finch, study in which the efficacy of forgotten was found not to be impaired in in, in methotrexate naive patients with four um, PPS that's poor prognostic factors Uh, Bernard Common and his colleagues extend these findings with their exploratory post hoc analysis of the FINCH1 study so we'll have a look at that and I'll tell you the details momentarily and as always to get access to the the detailed summary slides of the papers discussed today please go along to cytokinesignaling.com. So first paper, risk of major adverse cardiovascular venous thromboembolic events in patients with RA exposed to JAK inhibitors versus adalimumab in a nationwide cohort study. Well, the background here I think is pretty self-evident. There is concern about VTEs and MACE in people with rheumatoid arthritis actually across the whole JAK inhibitor field. The EMA and FDA have recently been vociferous on the subject and have made alterations to the label for the use of JAK inhibitors. And uh, there's clearly now a need for us to extend the data sets to inform this area beyond oral surveillance, and particularly to look at populations outside North America. So the aim of this study was to compare the risk of MACE and VTEs for patients initiating a JAK inhibitor, in this case, tofacitinib and baricitinib, and those initiating adalimumab, TNF inhibitor, among a large, comprehensive, real-world population of people with rheumatoid. The nationwide population-based cohort study of the French national health data system is the result reported here, and it includes all individuals, Barry, who had their first dispensation of a jak inhibitor or adalimumab between 1st July 2017 and 31st May 2021. New users of jack inhibitors, that's the exposed group, numbered in the order of 8,000 481, and new users of adalumumab, the non-exposed comparator group, number here 7,354. Primary endpoint of this study was the occurrence of a MACE or venous thrombombolic event. And the key results, well, patients initiating a JAK inhibitor were older than those initiating adalumumab. Those initiating a JAK inhibitor more often received other biologic treatments during the two years preceding the index date uh, than those receiving Adalimumab. However, they they had less often received a conventional synthetic DMARDs. So all of that is intuitive and makes sense. JAK inhibitor new users more often had multiple dispensations of systemic corticosteroids during the two weeks, uh, two years rather preceding the index date, and patients initiating a JAK inhibitor had a higher proportion of comorbidities than the adalimumab group. So all of those are relevant to understanding the key data outcomes. During follow-up, 54 and 35 MACE and 75 and 32 VTEs occurred in the exposed and non-exposed groups respectively. So that translates into MACE incidence rates of 4.3 with a confidence interval 3.1 to 5.4, and 3.6 confidence intervals 2.4 to 4.9 per 1,000 patient years for the exposed and non-exposed groups respectively. VTE uh, e incidence rates were 6.0 and 3.3 per 1,000 patient years respectively. And, and the risk of MACE and or VTE for the exposed versus non-exposed group was not significant. Now, despite a lack of power, results were consistent among patients over 65 years or older with at least one cardiovascular risk factor. Well, how do we interpret this? Well, on the face of it, this is a reassuring data set concerning the risk of MACE and DTEs in patients initiating a Jacanib as compared with a TNF inhibitor comparator. And And it does include patients with high risk of cardiovascular diseases. And the risk was not statistically significantly different and despite lack of power, results are consistent among subgroups aged more than or equal to 65 and with at least one cardiovascular risk factors. I, I guess we're still uh, in possession of our regulatory advice and we have to follow that. But it is important that we look at these new studies as they accrue and indeed as requested by FDA and EME. So let's hold our, um, our peace, look for more data, and when we have those data available, we'll be in a better position to make informed decisions. At the moment, we follow the regulatory advice. The second paper concerns the efficacy and safety of filgotinib in people with a high risk of poor prognosis who show an adequate response to methotrexate. It's a post top analysis of the FINCH1 study, as I said, from Bernard Coleman and my colleagues uh, in the, in the FINCH1 group. So there are several characteristics that have been identified as poor prognostic factors. It's something that in EULAR we focused on to try and distill out those patients most in need of early therapeutic escalation. And these include being seropositive for rheumatoid factors, CCP, high baseline CRP, high baseline disease activity, or a, an extant bone erosion at disease onset, meaning that we've come to the disease onset a little late by, by definition. The 2019 ULR management guidelines, and, and I have to say the, the, the update just published, um, recommend early treatment escalation for patients with predefined PPS. Now, the FINCH1 um, study, uh, remember this, forgotten at 200 plus methotrexate was shown to have superior clinical efficacy and comparable safety versus methotrexate alone, and showed comparable efficacy and safety to adalimumab plus methotrexate. And this is a post postdoc analysis conducted to evaluate the efficacy and safety of forgotten of 200 or forgotten of 100 compared with placebo and adalimumab, all on background methotrexate in patients with methotrexate inadequate response in subgroups of those with all four PPS versus those with fewer than four PPS. Key results RA disease duration was 8.3 years versus 7.4 years for patients with four or more PPS. Um, you get my point about the extant erosion at diagnosis. Um, patients with four PPS had higher CDI, SI, and hac disability scores than those with less than four. At week 12, whether with four PPS or less than four, response rates in all ACR measures were significantly greater for fulgotinib at either dose versus placebo. At week 52, forgotten of 200 ACR 20, 5070 70 response rates remained at least numerically higher versus adalimumab in both subgroups numerically. Um, patients in the forgotten of 200 and forgotten of 100 treatment groups had significantly higher proportions achieving DAS 28 CRP less than 2.6 among both uh, prognostic groups versus placebo. Now, concerning remission criteria, the number needed to treat for patients with four PPS was numerically greater than for those with less than four PPS, again, intuitively sensible. And at week 52, of 200 reduced the uh, uh, target uh, mean TSS change versus adalimumab in patients with four, less than four PPS. Forgotten of treatment was associated with benefits in physical function versus placebo at week 12. And the safety data showed no sign that having four PPFs was associated with any particular treatment emergent adverse event. So, taking all of that together, in high risk, that is, patients with four um, uh, worrying predictive factors. Patients who are methotrexate inadequate responders forgotten of 200 and 400 uh, and forgotten of 200 and 100 showed similar reductions in disease activity versus placebo at week 12 with, uh, with comparison to patients with fewer than four PPS. Um, the total SHARP score in patients receiving forgotten of 200 changed little from week 24 to week 52. And uh, that in patients receiving 100 milligrams progressed comparably to, to patients with uh, adalimumab receipt. So there does look like a dose effect there. Tolerability, however, was comparable across treatment arms and subgroups. And uh, forgotten of, in summary, would appear to have a beneficial option uh, available to us now for, for patients with RA who have an adequate response to methotrexate. OK, well, if you're interested in either of these papers, pop along to sitekindsignalling.com. You'll find these publications and our podcasts and other resources, fabulous slide decks. I particularly commend them to you. And as always, thank you for your attention. Do subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you think by leaving a review. And uh, as always, very best of luck to you in your clinic practice. We live in trying times. So let's carry on focused on our patients' well-being. Thanks ever so much for your attention. <laughs>